Good morning, everybody. This is Toby Tobin, and welcome to Real Estate Matters. For nine years, the voice, more than nine years, the voice of real estate in Fuego County and Palm Coast, Florida. I'm a Florida licensed commercial realtor with Grand Levine Commercial Realty, and this show is sponsored weekly by the Flagler County Home Builders Association by Klein Construction, by American Village, a gated 55-plus community into which I recently moved and recommend, and by Hammock Community Church, which is where I go to church, and I'd love to have you come and check us out. I need to pay you a visit. The the little church in the Hammock on A1A, just north of JT's. That's got a nice ring to it, the little church in the hammock. Yeah, it yeah. does. Of course, if you're going north, it's um, north of JT's. If if you're going south, it would be before TJ's. Nice. Or if you're reading, or if you read Hebrew, right to left, left yeah. to right. Yeah. So I got Walker Douglas back. He was gone last week. I think I commented at the time that he takes more vacation than Joe Biden. And Joe Biden. Joe Biden, does he, I don't know that he's taking vacations. I think he's just, he's playing with his trains in the basement. Maybe they just call them naps. <laughs> Mental vacations, maybe. Okay, well, we can really start to talk seriously about the month of August home sales in Flagler County now because the reports are pretty much in. We'll get a few more. That uh, straggling stragglers, yeah, yeah, late late reports, but uh, 143 homes were sold via MLS this August, and if you compare to what was reported last August, it was about 385, yeah. but that was a that's a bogus number. Oh, it uh, August, June, July, August, actually May, June, July, August was. During the period when the local MLS was transitioning to a new <laughs> software package, and the transition—I I used to be in that design for first half of my life. I was in technology, and conversions were my specialty. But this this conversion didn't go well, <laughs> and finally, uh, the MLS had to put their thumb down and say, "Everybody's got to get their stuff in, get it converted." And so August ended up being the day they put their thumb, the month they put their thumb down. So I actually took a half a day once and went through the August sales line by line, and I found that about a third of them were actually earlier sales that had not been reported when they were supposed to be reported. I like how, like, you ever see the big short? Mm-hmm. And they yeah, show Michael right. Burry, and he's going yeah. on a list of, like, mortgage defaults. And like I like that because he's like he's spending half a day on something that he could potentially make billions of dollars on, whereas our dear Toby is spending half a day making sure that the real estate numbers are accurate and flagged. My other name is Pro Bono. <laughs> <laughs> so the median price in August was three hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars. Days on market thirty six days, which is still a, a very Low number for days on market. So yeah, it is. the uh, the number of homes available on the market is uh, continuing to rise. It was up to 889 this morning. And the homes pending is dropping a little bit. It's down to 368 homes pending. So the Gindex is way over two. It's over two and a half now. So in many ways, the numbers show we're kind of in a normal market. 
And if you look at the uh, the, the pricing, we've ranged from three hundred fifty nine thousand to three hundred seventy seven thousand for the last nine months. Settled in, mm-hmm. so We're it seems kind of sliding sliding sideways. Yeah. Uh, building permits uh, again. So many of the numbers you just you can't look at them the way you used to look at them. If you look at homes available for sale. I was at a broker's open house yesterday and talking to people and some of the, they think the the real driver for today's, the condition we're in today is the mortgage interest rate and that they can't, they can't get listings because nobody wants to move out of a 3% mortgage into a 7.5% mortgage because you have, you get a lot less house for the same amount of money when the mortgage rate changes that much. But if you uh, just look at houses pending, or for that matter, even homes sold, everything that you read says that the resale market is down because of the lack of resale listings. But the, the uh, difference is the shortage is being made up in part by new construction. Mm-hmm. So the percentage of new homes being sold as, as a percentage of all homes sold is, is rising. And at least in our local market, a lot of the builders don't sell through MLS. So you think about it, uh, we had 243 homes sold through MLS. Uh, between, uh, well, I'd say there are probably about 165 single-family homes okay. sold. So the single the the, the new sorry, construction is per, picking per, up the slack of the no, lack sorry, of availability. I, I, and I, I said sold. I meant to say permitted. 152 single family permits were pulled in Flagler County. That's Flagler, Flagler Beach, Benel, and Palm Coast totaled. So that's 152 homes that are ultimately going to be purchased and lived in, and a pretty good percentage of those will not be reported through. The MLS sales, which is the only right. Well, these are black source. market purchases. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. This last month, August, 152 single-family permits, 18 duplex, which is 36 residential units, were permitted, and 32 apartment units permitted in town center. By the way, interesting. 32 is an interesting number for apartments. Usually it's well, like a couple hundred or, you know. Well, hundred. no, but this is um, the the new apartments that are going in behind the, the low-level, low-rise apartments. Oh, this is you right. Know, the, yeah. The Thanks four, for the correction. The, West of City Hall. Yeah, there are yeah. four there are four plexes. Yeah. And uh, there are a couple more already uh, applied for that will be issued this month. That's good-looking stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I drove back. It looks good. Uh, but. The point is that that's 220 total residential units when you add the single family, the duplex, and the apartments. So 220 residential units uh, typically means about, in our market, about 400 new residents in one month. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering how I got that number, uh, I think 80% or probably closer to 85, but I used 80 today. 80% of the homes are full-time residents. 
with a lot of second homes and, and, and rentals, uh, vacation rentals that are not, you know, rent, renters are full-time residents too if they're long-term. But so I took 80% of the 220 and then times 2.3 people per residential unit, which is close to, I think that's a number close to what the school uses. Yeah, the point, point three comes from, in the Northeast, people are actually on average a lot shorter um, yeah. than people from the South. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's how you know I'm a, I'm a Yankee. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, actually the world's tallest midget. <laughs> that's a nice spin. Okay, so uh, I was at, a, as I mentioned, a broker's open house yesterday, and they were talking about interest rates uh, being the big driver, but there are other things that are driving the market today, too. Like? Like. Regulation. Regulation, that's part of it. Um, Over-regulation, supply, supply, I should say. Supply chain issues, that's another big factor, and labor shortages. Yeah. The, and and for that matter, lack of lots, buildable lots. I mean, we still have <clears throat> roughly 9,000 scattered lots in Palm Coast, the ITT platted lots. But they're, they're not the best 9,000. Not of started at close to 50,000. Yeah. The good ones went first. And, As they do. And so some of the ones that are left are not necessarily as desirable or, or buildable. But at least you can just go pull a permit because they're all, you, do, and you pay your impact fees, of course. But you don't have to go through rezoning or anything. Um, and again, the uh, people that I talked to, the realtors I was talking to yesterday, uh, I went through, I guess you'd call it a lecture almost about new construction because they're, they're concerned that we're growing too fast. And I, I pointed out that uh, you know, 152 single-family building permits in August. Uh, 20 years ago, some months we were running over 400 a month. So that's three times as many new homes, roughly, as we're building now. And the population was only half what it is now. And I would... I guess that most people that are level levying that complaint have moved here since that growth took place. That's mm-hmm. just a guess, yeah. but it seems yeah. like twenty years is a long time. Well, so I mean, if you know, if you're coming from the Northeast, this looks like a real boom town when you look at all the new construction. Because you know what? What are they building new in Rochester, New York? That's a great point. It's all. Um, and the nice thing about a place like Rochester is all the infrastructure is, you know, the buildings are already there. So you don't, mm-hmm. it's actually a lot, it's a lot more effective on the cost side to to renovate and occupy an existing building than it is to build one afresh. Like look at town center. Mm-hmm. For other reason, nothing's gone vertical on the commercial side. Not nothing, nothing in recent years on, on the commercial side that's gone vertical is because the fees are so oppressive to get something done in there. Well, and, and for anywhere for that matter. And it's much more profitable there's a much bigger margin if you just find something existing whatever it is renovate it and retrofit it for whatever your end use is rather than build new by the way i i should say i was impressed with the realtors i talked with yesterday how generally knowledgeable they were you know they uh, being in real estate as i am we don't always get the best best rap 
But uh, I, I was I was impressed with their. They must be listening to the radio show. But, but the, yeah, the, well, they're they're probably, I'm sure they're in that ten percent that sell ninety percent of the homes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, uh, but I was explaining that new construction because they were worried about the growth, and they they all were not living here back during the last boom, so they didn't realize there was a time when we were building over 400 new homes a month. But they, uh, I also explained how all new construction is going to be in, in master plan communities. You're not, it's, you know, other than, other than the scattered lots, yeah. the ITT lots, the infill lots. So I don't want to get too deep into this right now because we have to take a break. I'll wait till after the break. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. I can say is that this episode, a part of your show, started out with a fake news story <laughs> by the fire chief. Free for all Friday, where local newsmakers talk it out. People pretty much made up their minds about vaccines by now. We're crossing our fingers that everything holds up so we can give our folks some raises. Hi, I'm David Ayers. Join me and Brian McMillan every Friday morning following the news at 9 on WNZF and worldwide on the Flagler Radio mobile app. Welcome back. It's the second half of Real Estate Matters. I'm in the studio, WNCF studio, with Walker Douglas, my trusty co-host, who's back from another extended vacation. You call them vacations, but they're not. Anywhere... Fishing and surfing. Anywhere a a phone is within arm's reach is not a vacation. You, you, on the other hand, would, would know a vacation. Well, my parents were had proper vacations, unreachable, well, you know. I used to. I, I worked for IBM when I got out of college, and we worked uh, basically nine to five. And when when you left, this is technology, and of course it wasn't by today's standards high tech, but by the standards of the day, it was high tech. And we left at five o'clock on Friday, and. Didn't really even think about work until nine o'clock Monday. I mean, yeah. you, you'd have, you may have a big conversion where you had to have test time on a, you know, you had to fly to New York City because to get the right computer to test on, spend a weekend there all night, 24 hour days. <laughs> but that was rare. Normally you were free and no cell phones. Um, You're in fa- Rochester, New York is a, sort of a large union town, right? Not only was oh, it no, punch out at five. No, no it wasn't. No, Roch- Rochester. Um, the big industries were, of course, Kodak was the largest, and that was uh, famously non-union. And Bausch and Lomb. That was unions were controversial back in the day. Well, there there were more unions in Buffalo, which was a steel town. But not only were you, well, not only were you punching out at five. If you didn't punch out at five, you got shamed by everybody else, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> yeah. and maybe beat up on the way to your car. Yeah, you're, you're making us look bad by <laughs> staying late, Toby. So, uh, when we broke, we were talking about something. Help me out here. Um, labor shortage. Yeah, no, we weren't. It's not it. You brought it up. No, I know. And I wanted to say something about it. Oh, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, 
new new construction would all be in master plan communities. Oh, it will that be it. exciting. Yeah. And in the old days, Amenitized. in the old days, people developers would buy a parcel of land and plan it all out, get approvals from the municipality, and then build the community. And they'd build the roads, the water, sewer, all the infrastructure would be to the city code, city standards. And then when they're all done, they would con- uh, convey the all the infrastructure over to the city, who would take over maintenance. And cities got smart a while ago, and they don't do that anymore. So that's why here in Palm Coast and just about every municipality in Florida, you have to go in and get a master plan community uh, development agreement. And one of the clauses is invariably that you will form a an ongoing association or some entity, and it's usually a homeowners association or condo association, where you will you will own the roads and streets and the stormwater management system, and you will man- maintain it in perpetuity. And that's why and the common area, yeah, and the common areas, mm-hmm. the all the, the sign at the roads, gates if it's a gated community, and. It uh, it adds to the it adds to the cost of living in those communities, but yet, uh, you know, well, I keep calling it the bathtub, the the existing part of town that's starting to overflow now. Uh, we're we're running out of vacant land, and but it's where the water and sewer, the infrastructure is here, so that's why people are trying to get as much built within boundaries of the bathtub as they can. But as we expand, we're going to have to put in more water and sewer. But in each within each community, the developer will put the water and sewer in. And but they're still going to get they're still going to get a stormwater management fee. They're still going to pay city taxes or county taxes if they're outside the city. So essentially, the people who live within the existing portion of the city that's the developed portion of the city will be subsidized by all this new development because those you know there's a the stormwater management fee is not small i mean look at your look at your monthly bill and if you're in a new even if you go to the west side of town you you're going to get you're going to get tagged with that bill but the developer had to put in a stormwater management system that guarantees that there won't be any runoff from that development so you know it's just the uh and they'll be maintaining their own roads, but yet their taxes will help repave your roads here right. in, inside the bathtub. It's well put. I mean, utility is a great a utility in a growing Florida town is a great business model because <clears throat> your new your new customers are brought to you for free. Not only are they brought to you for free, they're they're brought to you with fees as well, upfront, paid upfront. So all the materials that a utility would usually you know, prior to the advent of master plan communities and developers providing all the infrastructure, utilities would put in the infrastructure or at least pay for a well, portion of it. And and, and they're paying uh, roughly 21, in Palm Coast now, roughly $21,000 per home before they can put a shovel in the ground. Yeah. And that goes towards uh, new parks, uh, new roads, uh, more policemen, more first responders, more schools, 
And we have these little governing, these little miniature municipalities governing themselves, these HOAs. And mm-hmm. I just saw a, a bumper sticker down in Edgewater in Volusia County that said, defund the HOA. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any further sleuthing into uh, it, but I've been feeling somebody got <laughs> mad at their neighbors at some point. Oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to remember that. Or defund the CDD. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's um, often people don't don't realize uh, they they don't think beyond their own boundaries. Yeah, and and of course, uh, and we're the brokers. We we all were agreeing that Florida's an interesting. Different place, you know. The, That's a very this, nice way to put it. Uh, one, one of the one of the brokers uh, had a license in Georgia too, and and a third state, I think, where she had sold real estate. And she said Florida's totally different than either of them. Really, and you're you're like a foreign national coming to Florida, even just from Georgia, just across the border, and suddenly you've got rules that are different. The Florida homestead. Law is other states have homestead exemptions, not all, but many do, but none of them are anything like what Florida has with their save our homes three percent cap and ten percent cap on non residential <clears throat> yes, Florida we're different for a myriad for myriad reasons well, in Florida, for instance, you're reassessed every year, you're revalued every year doesn't mean they come and look at your house individually every year although they do every they do periodically but the formula that they use to put the value on your house isn't what you paid for it last year or yesterday even it's what you paid for years your house and they look at uh, whether the level of construction whether it's high value like in the hammock or or starter home type construction I think that's none of their business don't mm-hmm. well they have to <laughs> They have to make it as fair as they can. I understand that. But it's they just basically use a formula. So your assessed value will be affected to a degree by not only by what you paid for your home. It'll be dependent on when you paid for it early in the year or later because assessment is as of January 1st. And then what your neighbors paid for their homes or similar homes. So it's, it's pretty complicated, but it's revalued every year. When I, when I was first owning a home up in near Rochester, it's a small country town, but you would if you paid hundred thousand dollars for a house, it was immediately assessed the next year at a hundred thousand. But they reassessed and it stayed at, at that level until you got to a ten uh, every ten years they reassessed the whole town. So if you bought on the fifth year, you would have that assessment for five years. And then everybody got reassessed at true value. Yeah. But no, there was no homesteading then. Well, we like to reward people who like to become locals. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And punish the tourists with sales tax and bed tax. You know, the lack of build-ready lots is, uh, is one of the things that we came up in the discussion about what's holding the market back. And uh, the, the, most lo- the most prolific local builders, D.R. Horton, and uh, they have, they're building in three different markets. They're building in Grand Reserve and Pinnell. They're building in Sawmill Creek. And then they're building on scattered lots in Palm Coast. The scattered lot program is relatively new. 
for well, deer horde to be doing. Well, what they they didn't they traditionally are not a scattered lot builder, but but uh, while sawmill was still having inf- the horizontal construction was still underway, they're putting the streets and water and sewer in, so they couldn't build there. The only development that they had locally was Grand Reserve, and it was selling. I mean, that's been a a great great project for Deer Horton. Yeah. They've done very well there. And the, as, soon, as soon as they put a house up, or as soon as they put a shovel in the ground, that, that house is sold. And they they just couldn't create new lots in there fast enough. So they would have periods where they they couldn't couldn't build any more new homes. So they started the uh, scattered lot construction, and, and they've done well. So they still do it, but uh, recently, they had this uh, very similar situation. They ran out of lots for a while in Grand Reserve. At the same time, Phase 1 of Sawmill was sold out, and Phase 2 was still under horizontal construction. So this is, uh, uh, well, they had, uh, in August, D.R. Horton was issued 23 permits, but they applied for 48 or 45. So they're suddenly booming now they've yeah. got they've got a section a new section in grand reserve and phase two is open in sawmill creek yeah they they were kind of on the front edge of production builders doing scattered lots and now they're it seems like they're all trying to go after that because mm-hmm. it's just kind of a steady cash flow yeah um mm-hmm. otherwise you're waiting for a project to we're waiting for finished lots that can take a long time as long well, lead time you don't have to go through rezoning and flume amendments and all of yeah. that well, we've run out of time. We've got to run. Uh, folks, we'll be here next week. We hope you'll be back listening again. Say goodbye, Walker. Goodbye, Walker. I'm Toby Tobin, and I approve this show. <laughs> <laughs>